0: Welcome to Center Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. So this morning I'm privileged to be speaking on Palm Sunday. And the Lord has placed a word in my heart, uh, which, I, which we, are, we are going to be unpacking Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to verse 11. And the message that I want to bring this morning, I have entitled it, the power of the cross the power of the cross you know you cannot start to talk about what the cross of jesus did for us and finish everything so i'm going to just kind of narrow it down to what is um um what is in uh, written out in romans chapter 5 from verse 6 to uh, verse 11 you know when we think of the cross of jesus when you walk when we walk through Uh, ...the towns, when we walk through the cities, we always see a building with a cross on top. Most of the time, you know, uh, every city you go to, there is a building somewhere with a cross on top of it. What is that cross saying? What message is that cross in the middle of uh, a city, in the middle of a town? What is that cross saying uh, while it's right there? What message are people supposed to be getting as they look at that cross? when we have got the cross sitting on our, you know, on our chest, uh, we, we held together by a little chain around our necks, what is it that cross is saying? What is it reminding us? What are the things that we ought to keep right in front of us every day when we see the cross of Jesus Christ? So Romans chapter 5, um, just this passage we are reading, kind of unpacks, some of the uh, things that we need to remember every time we see a cross. Whether we see the cross on our, whether it's a cross we are wearing around our neck, whether it's a cross we see on top of a church building, whether we see some people in town uh, probably doing some evangelism but raising a very big cross. What message are we supposed to be getting? Praise the Lord. I'm going to read from Romans chapter 5. I'll read from here. Romans chapter 5, uh, from verse 6 going on. It says For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man we will die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would dare to die. But God demonstrated his love towards us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, But we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Praise God. The word of God is powerful. And the word of God is truth. And we hold the word of God as the final truth without error. So when the word of God is articulating and describing things, something sounds too good to be true. But one thing is certain, we know that the word of God is true, and it has got authority. Praise the Lord. Um, In uh, in 1863, the president then of United States of America, Abraham Lincoln, um, released what is known as the Emancipation Proclamation. The Emancipation Proclamation. What it said, or what it um, what that proclamation was about, uh, it started off. It started off a movement, should I say, or it was a proclamation, which meant that all the people in the United States of America who were held as slaves will be free. It was an executive uh, proclamation, which means every single slave in America, whoever was still held as a slave, was now free. So it meant that millions of um, slaves who were held in America as slaves were free because of that proclamation. So the proclamation meant that slaves were free. It was an executive issue, it was an executive proclamation. So it was binding. Slaves were free. But here is the, here is the, the story. Um, some of the slaves would probably have chosen to say they think of the freedom. And they have been slaves all their time. They have uh, worked as slaves, you know, held as slaves. And they are so used to that kind of life. Now that the proclamation for freedom, when the Emancipation Proclamation was made, it meant every single slave could be freed. But the choice was with the slave. Some of them would choose to say, you know what? I don't want to go out there. I don't know what is there. I'll just stay here as a slave. But the proclamation meant that they were free. Let me say 2,000 years ago, when Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary, and he said, It is finished. That um, declaration on the cross meant that every single person Every uh, human being who was a slave to sin, slaves probably to their uh, emotional baggage, slaves to uh, addiction, slaves of anything that sin brings, anybody who was held as a slave of sin was declared free. Free from sin bondage, free from anything that is birthed out of sin. Freedom, freedom, freedom for everybody. But here is the the bottom line. The choice lies with every single person. Everyone will have to make their decision. Am I going to embrace this that has been offered? Or am I just going to stay where I am, this is what I am used to, this is what I have always done, I will remain as I am. But the proclamation for the slaves in America meant that every whoever was a slave master knew that they cannot hold that person any longer. Unless the person chooses to say, do you know what, I will stay here. I will stay here, and that is the same thing that that is the uh, same thing that happens when you know with the cross of Calvary, when Jesus died on the cross, we are all all of us are made free, but every single person will make their decision. Some will, will choose to remain slaves to sin, slaves to addictions, and anything that comes with uh, uh, with emotional baggages and stuff like that. But the slave, um, you know, the slave master, who is the devil himself... He knows already that he is conquered. He knows already that an executive order was already issued. And he has got no power to keep holding down the people of God. The people of God are free because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So I just want to unpack just a few things that Apostle Paul brings to surface from the scripture that we have just read. Now that the cross of Jesus, we see the cross, we know what was done on the cross. We know it is an invitation to walk out of slavery, out of bondage, and live free in Christ Jesus. So when we see the cross of Jesus, what does it remind us all the time? So the first thing, um, the first thing is the cross is a demonstration of the love of God. It's a demonstration of the unending love of God. This is what verse 8 says. It says, um, But God demonstrated his love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. One thing we need to understand. You know, sometimes when we talk about love, we look at love in the way that humans love. The love that we give as humans is normally object-oriented. If the object is very attractive, we would love that object more. But if that object isn't as attractive or we think it's a bit ugly, not as attractive as we want it to be, our love will start to kind of diminish. But the love of God... Is actually, attracted to the, uh, is, is actually attracted to something that is uh, of low value. Something that is hopeless, helpless, uh, that needs help. The love of God does not diminish because you have done too many bads. What we have done is too much. The love of God is endless, regardless of what our past looks like. And that is what the cross reminds us. Verse 6 says, When we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for us. In other words, the love of God was demonstrated towards us. In the time when we were weak, when we were unable to help ourselves... When we, were, when we were slaves to sin, when we were lost in our, in our own things that really contradicts God. That is what attracted the love of God. So God in himself, the love of God, God himself is the subject of that love. The object by which the love is, uh, uh, is directed towards does not matter. How attractive, how ugly, that does not count. The love that God gives, uh, the love that the cross reminds us, it's a pure kind of love that comes out of a loving God, that reaches to the lonely, that reaches to the undeserving. It says here in the time, on verse 6, When we were without strength, in other words, when we were hopeless, when we were bound down sometimes, maybe probably, by some kind of addictions that we could not break. Maybe we had tried all the self-help books. We have tried everything to break out of that addiction or out of that bondage. But that could not do it. But when we were in that state, and even today, when we are in that state, that is the state where the love of God is directed towards. To break us out of such things. Praise the Lord. So when we, in the times when we, were, when we were weak, we were without strength. When we were hopeless, unable to help ourselves. And further down on verse 8. Verse 8 actually says, But God demonstrated his love towards us. In that, while we were still sinners... So what am I saying? God did not wait to say, okay, this object is starting to shine a bit. It's starting to get better. Now that you are trying so hard, I can now, you know, draw you towards my love. Uh-uh. His love, he, say, he says, while we were still sinners, in other words, the love that God gives, the love that the cross reminds us of, is a pure love that is directed to the Lord. When you think I'm in the, in the worst state, when you think uh, what I have done, God cannot forgive. What I have done, I don't even want anyone to know about it. I don't even want to remember. It is in that state that the love of God flows towards to touch such people. Praise the Lord. So the cross of Jesus reminds us of a kind of love that no man can give. A kind of love. You know, sometimes we, we, we find it hard to embrace the love of God when we are in certain circumstances. Because the love that we know, we want to describe it according to how we do it ourselves. You know, I used to love this person quite a lot. But that love has diminished because they have continued to offend me. So in the end, I look at them, but you know, it's just like a little quarter of that love is remaining. But the love of God is a love that increases even as we, you know, the, the worse we look, the more the love of God is directed towards us. So every time when we see the cross of Jesus, whether it's on a building, whether it's our people raising it, whether it's a cross that we are wearing, we are reminded that God loves me. And God loves my brother, and God loves the, my sister, regardless of what they have done. And it's an invitation to that love, the infinite love, the endless love, the end, the love that continues to reach to us until we respond. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about the power of of the cross and what the cross reminds us when we see the cross of Jesus, what is it that we are reminded? Praise God. Um, in Isaiah chapter fifty-three, we see and uh, you know we see this prophecy explaining how it looks like when we were. It, the Scripture says when we were still sinners. It says when we were in jukos, when we were without strength. And how does that state look like? I'm going to read quickly from, uh, that one is not on the uh, the PowerPoint. I'm going to read it from here. Isaiah chapter 53 in verse 4. It says, surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrow. He has borne our grief. He has carried our sorrow. When When we are grieved, when we are sorrowful, that is when his love is reaching for us. It's not waiting for us to be in a good place. Uh Uh-uh. His love is looking for us when we are in that state. Verse 5 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. We were all like lost sheep, having gone astray. We have turned everyone Of uh, everyone to his own way. And the Lord laid it all on him. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. He did not open his mouth. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about the state in which the Lord finds us. In a state of grief. In a state of sorrow. When we cannot help ourselves, when we we have afflictions, when we have transgressions, he takes all of those, he carries them. That is the kind of love that he demonstrates towards us. So the first thing I did say is the love, the demonstration of the love of God. The second thing that we see from verse 9, it says, let me read here. It says, much more than having been justified by his blood, he, we shall be saved from wrath through him. We shall be saved through him. When we see the cross of Jesus, it speaks of our justification. Simply it means declared righteous. It doesn't matter how your past looks like. It doesn't matter how your present looks like. What matters is that you have opened your heart to receive that love of God. And then he declares that we are justified in other words we are completely forgiven and because we are completely forgiven we can also forgive without trouble we can easily forgive why because we know that we are forgiven when we speak of being justified we are made right it's not about what we have done you are in the we are in when we are in our lowest We are sinking in the waste of things we can think of. We are bondage, you know, we are held in bondage probably with some negative emotions, all kinds of things that hold us down, all kinds of um, uh, addictions that can hold us. When we open our hearts to the love of Christ, this is what the cross reminds us, we are justified. In other words, we are declared righteous. Righteous. Everything he says I have blotted all your I have blotted all your iniquities and then he says I have forgotten them as far as the west from the east that's how I have forgotten your iniquities so when we are looking at the cross of Jesus we are being reminded that we are forgiven the enemy sometimes uh, keeps reminding us like how can you be used by God When you have done this in the past, how can you be, how can you claim to be anointing, to be so anointed when you have done this? How can God use you in this particular ministry when you have done this? The cross reminds us that we are made righteous. It doesn't say we have become righteous, but we are declared righteous by God when we embrace his love. That is the power of the cross of Jesus. It sets us free. From the accusations of the enemy. It sets us free from uh, every word that the enemy speaks against us. In fact, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, I think it's verse uh, 14, 15, 16 uh, going forward. It says, uh, you know, when Christ was when Christ hung on the cross, every single thing that was held or written against us, it, it was blotted. And the enemy was made a public spectacle. In other words, there was so much victory that the enemy was so weak, it looked so embarrassing how weak the enemy was. And that's how powerful the cross is. That is how powerful. When, we, when the enemy is holding us as slaves... He is uh, making us his people. Every time you want to arise, uh, he, he reminds you of something so bad that you might have done in the past. He reminds you of things uh, that you have been involved in, uh, and he wants to convince you you don't qualify. Yeah, you can go to church, but you have to, to sit somewhere very far because yours, ones, you know, your past is too dirty, but we are declared righteous. So when we see the cross of Jesus, even when uh, the enemy wants to start to trigger some things in our hearts, we remind him that you were made a public spectacle, or shall I say, the cross of Jesus, uh, standing in the middle of a you know of a city on top of a building, carrying it on our chest wherever that cross is, uh, looking at that cross uh, should remind us that we are justified, and the enemy was made a public spectacle, so embarrassed by the victory that Jesus had over him, and guess what? No, no wonder why the cross is so offensive. No wonder why people feel so offended by the cross when they have not received that love. Because how can a sinner be called that, be made righteous when they have not done anything themselves? Because Christ did it for us. But the world finds it offensive. Because the world says, tit for tat, if you have done this, you have got to suffer the consequences for the rest of your life. But guess what? The scripture that we read here, it says, uh, we are justified by his blood. So we can stand, we can celebrate, we can save God, we can step up and do things for God without shame, without guilt, with nothing holding us back because we are justified. Whatever we try to remember, like, oh, my pastor used to do this, or that thing that I said, what I have done, remember, it was blotted. And as far as the west is from the east, that's how far God has forgotten it. And sometimes we have held ourselves as slaves of our own emotions, as slaves of our own failures, but God does not look at us as failures. He does not uh, look at us with an eye of blame. He looks at us as justified, as the righteous ones of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the third thing, so I said number one, the cross reminds us of the kind of the endless love, the purity kind of love that reaches even the Lord. Even those that people think they should be judged. So it's the love. And the second thing is that we are justified. We are made righteous. The enemy cannot accuse us. The enemy cannot blame us. The enemy cannot hold us hostage any longer. Because we rise up justified, made righteous before God. And the third thing is that we are reconciled to God. This is what uh, verse 10 says. Verse 10 says, "For, For if when we were enemies, We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We are reconciled to God. When we see the cross of Jesus, it speaks of the reconciliation between God and his people. God and his people. It says here, while we were enemies of God before, so before the cross... Humanity was enemy of God because they did all kinds of things that were offensive to God. But the cross blotted everything. And now humans are reconciled to God. What does it mean to be reconciled to God? It means I can call him father. It means I can trust him. It means he is now my right hand. He is right there with me. He is my father. He has adopted me. Reconciliation to God means whatever is of God. I can go to God and ask without fear. Why? Because I am already justified. I've received that love. Now I am reconciled to God. What, that's, what does that mean in our everyday life? We can carry our burdens to him. We have access to him. Hebrews chapter 4 says, uh, we can approach. It's, um, let me give you the verse verse 16 Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 it says that we can approach now the throne of god we can approach the throne of god with boldness boldness means a fearless confidence so there's no guilt there is no shame there is nothing that is standing between me and god i can go to the father and just tell god i always say even my the very weakness that, that, you know, whatever, what I want to call the sin that derails me. Whether it's in the mind, whether it's uh, some things, some things that keep recurring, you know. I can go to God and tell him, Lord, I am struggling with this thing. Would you help me out? Why? Because I can approach the father. I can sit at his feet. There is nothing I cannot tell him. That scripture says, uh, we are, you can approach the throne of God with boldness. Because of the cross. And then, and then it goes on to say, So you can receive grace and mercy in the times of trouble. So the cross means that I am reconciled to the father. There is no burden that I will carry by my own self. There is no pain that I'll have to deal with by my own self. There is no trouble that I'll have to deal with by my own self. I have got a present helper whom I can approach boldly, any time, any second, any minute, unobstructed, unrestricted. And I know he is, he is not going to judge me. He's going to receive me with that love. I can just come to him And say, Lord, I cannot do this anymore. Lord, I cannot carry. This is too heavy for me. Will you help me, oh God? That scripture says because of what Christ did, we can approach the throne so we may receive grace and mercy. Sometimes what we need when we are carrying too heavy burdens is more grace. Because the grace of God will lift us up and and, and enables us to do things that would rather... Uh, be, that would probably be unable to do by our own selves. Praise the Lord. So we are reconciled to the Father. You know, it says, while we were enemies of God, <laughs> once upon a time, even us, before we received the, the, the love of Christ, we were God's enemies. We were lost in our, in our own things. We were lost in our, you know, in our own dealings. That were contrary to God. Romans 3, uh, Romans three twenty three 23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory. But because of the cross, <laughs> that gap was bridged. Because of the cross, that gap was bridged. Now we can mingle with the Father anytime. And one thing that I love, you can talk to the Father anytime. There is no timetable. There's nothing, that moment when you just feel, uh-uh, this is too heavy on me. Father, would you carry this for me? Father, would you help me? Father, would you uh, would you grant me mercy? Would you give me more grace? We have that access 24-7, whether you are on your own. You know, this is what I love the most. Is you do, we don't have to wait for Sunday. We don't have to wait for a prayer meeting. We can just connect. That's what it means to be reconciled with God. We can just connect with God and mingle with God and speak with God anytime. And he is ready to give us more of his grace. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are we moving together, church? So it's that fearless confidence. I think for others, it's a, something to just sit on and just think a little bit. That we have access to, to God, And we are called to approach the throne of God with boldness. Huh? There's no need to fear. There's no need to think that we don't qualify. I mean, think sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes there are things that hold us back. And sometimes we come to God. You know, when we cry in the presence of God, it's got to be a cry of relief that I'm now connected with the Father. It, it it doesn't need to be a cry of you know a cry of with all this what I have done what am I going to do ah uh-uh. there is a father who is loving whose love is waiting to reach to you know whatever situation it doesn't matter how ugly remember his love is not his love is not reduced or made less by the object that is reaching that is being reached by the love he is the subject of the love. And he, he is love himself. Praise the Lord. So we can just approach God. If it's a weakness, we can approach God. If it's a need, we can approach God. If it's thanksgiving, we can approach God. He is our Father. Praise God. And the third thing, which is on verse 11, I'll just read verse 11. It says, and not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom, we have, uh, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. So it says uh, we have an ending joy. We have an ending joy. The cross of Jesus reminds us that we have an ending joy. You know, one thing is certain. One of the, one of the, uh, uh, one of the most prominent thing that happens when you receive the love of God is that feeling of joy which come from inside. That joy which is so deep, the joy that cannot be overshadowed by your problems. You know, sometimes prob- problems happen. Sometimes the going can get tough. You might feel a bit unhappy. You might feel a bit burdened. But there is this joy that is deep inside the heart that originates from the assurance that God is with me, God hears me, and God loves me. It's that assurance. Because life will come with with a package of problems and troubles and issues, and sometimes they are too heavy to carry. We can be crying on the outside, but there is something deep inside called the joy of the Lord, which keeps you going, which keeps you smiling. When you cry, you just find yourself feeling relieved and just rejoicing in the middle of your troubles. Why? Because the joy of the Lord constantly gives us strength. You know, when, when you receive the gospel of Jesus, it's inevitable to receive the joy. And this is what the cross reminds us. Because of what Christ did on the cross, We have endless joy that comes from the love of God. You know, the world is looking for joy. And people have done all sorts of things. People have gone up and down. People have done some things that even destroyed their lives while trying to look for joy. That is what people are looking for. You can see it even when you look at um, adverts. Sometimes I laugh when I'm watching some adverts. You will see whether they are advertising... A washing liquid it starts with a miserable person and then they eventually use the the you know the correct one the one that they are advertising and you see them smiling now you know they are they, they, their dishes are all nice and shiny. in other words the advertisers even know that all people are looking for is joy so when you want your your, your when you want something you are ad, you are advertising to be be bought, Do you know what you do? Just show them how miserable they are before they get that uh, product. And show them how happy they are with that product. Whatever it is, it could be a weight loss thing. You see the miserable like you can't even walk. Come on, I am big but I can still walk. But when you see a person of my size when they are advertising whatever, uh, weight loss, it's like I can't even walk, it's like I can't even smile. But the moment I'm like two sizes down, it's all smiles and joy and everything. Why? Because the world is looking for joy. But let me say to you, people of God, the true and authentic joy comes from Christ Jesus. And that is what the cross of Jesus accomplished for us. The joy that is endless. The joy that is not overtaken or overclouded by the problems and the issues of our lives. We might have the issues. They might give us trouble. We might be low one day. We might be feeling low some days. We might be feeling troubled and probably almost feeling hopeless sometimes. But there is this joy that keeps rising up, which comes from the love of God, which is the assurance that God is watching me and God sees me. Do you know what? Let me say to you, when the cross of Jesus is standing, even whenever you see the cross of Jesus on top of buildings, you see it on a paper printed, wherever you see it, be reminded that it's because of the cross I still have got joy. I might be walking through some difficult times of my life right now, but I have joy, 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 joy unending because of what Christ Jesus accomplished on Calvary. And you know, sometimes the enemy wants to bury that. But let me say this morning, be reminded, child of God. Sometimes we've got to open our mouth and say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. When the going is tough, remind ourselves the joy of the Lord is my strength because of what Christ did on the cross of Calvary. So it's a deep assurance that cannot be blotted, that cannot be quenched. There's a song that we used to sing when I was young. It, um, it, it says, that joy, 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 my sins are forgiven. Joy, 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 I'm happy every day. I'm marching up to heaven, and I will sing joy, 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 something like that. I'm not a very good <laughs> but But all the song is saying, because of what Christ has done, because of the cross of Jesus, I am filled with joy. I am marching to heaven. No matter how tough the going might be, I am marching to heaven, and I'm filled with joy. Because knowing that I am reconciled to God, uh, the love of God flows towards me regardless. I am the righteous uh, one of God. Nothing is able to stop me. So I am joyful and endless joy. I have run out of time. But I'm just going to quickly share... I'm just going to quickly share two responses to uh, this message. Because of this that we just read here in Romans chapter 5. How do we respond to that message? The first response, if you have not given your heart to Christ Jesus, why wait? Surrender to Jesus. Why wait? You know, think of this kind of love. Think of the reconciliation and the benefits of being reconciled to God. I think there's a PowerPoint coming. Uh, <laughs> I think the next PowerPoint, thank you. Yes, I said surrender to Jesus. If you, you know, I, I don't know, probably most of us in here, we have already surrendered. But if your heart is in a place where you are asking, where you are questioning, maybe you are still seeking. Maybe you just love coming to church. But that, um, that idea of surrendering to Jesus has actually not yet strike a chord in your heart. Just looking at this, that apostle writes on Romans chapter 5. The kind of love that God gives. The reconciliation or the access to God. Who is the almighty. Who can carry every burden. Who can help you in times of trouble. Why wait? Maybe this is the time. To say, do you know what? I've been hearing about this, uh, this message about Jesus. I've been hearing messages about this cross. Why hold back? Jesus, I'm coming. Maybe it's time to surrender. I did say when the Emancipation Proclamation was made in USA, I think some of the slaves just chose to say, do you know what, I'm used to this, let me just stay as I am. And they remained as slaves. But their, slaves, their slave masters knew that they have no right on them. They, if they choose to go, they can just go. And the enemy is aware of that. He knows that we are already free. Because that proclamation on the cross 2,000 years ago meant that we are not slaves anymore. Why staying as a slave? Maybe this morning is your day. Just to make that decision. to Say, do you know what? It's not the first time I've heard about this thing that Jesus did, but today I choose to surrender to Jesus. Or maybe a second response for those who are saying, I am in Christ and I'm sold out. Our response is to proclaim the good news. Do you know, how can you know that this God is so loving? This God can help you break out of some addictions that have destroyed your life. Or you can know a brother or a sister. You know they are held down by some emotional turmoil, troubles and issues. They are held down by addictions, all kinds of things that are bathed out of sin you are aware of this kind of love and you don't take that message to your brother. This could be, you know, you proclaiming the gospel, this good news, could be making a difference between someone who is contemplating suicide, doing it, or actually receiving this unending joy. So the call to us As we meditate, as we see, or should I say every time when we see the cross, let's be reminded of all those four things we talked about. But at the same time, let it be a challenge for us to tell others what that cross is all about. Tell others about this love. You know, sometimes we have got our families who are dying... Buried in all kinds of baggage. But the message of the gospel could be just the one thing they need right this minute to dig them out of all that. Why would we hold back? Let me say to you, people of God, as we see the cross of Jesus, as we think of the cross... As we, you know, as, we, as we just go about our lives, every time we think about Christ Jesus, let's think about taking this message to those who have not heard the message. So this is a message for everyone. Those who are already in Christ, we have got to rise up and run with the message. Those who are still uh, thinking and contemplating, it is time to surrender to Jesus. Praise the Lord. The, you know, this is um, uh, this is what this is what the Savior said to us even before he he went. Alex shared a beautiful message last week, challenging us to declare and to proclaim the gospel. Let me say to you, people of God, sometimes it's not about working as a group in town; it's about us doing that life every day. Whoever you interact with, sometimes people just share their issues, their troubles, their problems. Let's use that opportunity to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information, or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centerchurch.uk.